every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students, to belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's Mike Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. Thanks for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for this latest episode of the Made for Missions podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Falkenstein, here today with my co-host, Ken Watmore. Ken, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Mike? Good. Doing so well. Gotten, We've gotten into uh, fall here in uh, Colorado, and actually, I've been real happy. Uh, no snow so far, and so we're uh, we're enjoying a nice a nice fall here so it's kind of cool it's uh, i always like the this time of year yeah the, but the change is happening a little slower this year that's right it seems. yeah we know what's coming so right. we know we <laughs> we can enjoy it so anyway so i hope everyone out there who's listening as well and you're having a good fall as well and we're just so thankful to be here you know ken and i were just talking about this episode and we just feel like it's you know a real important one in fact, I'm kind of calling it sort of a, a once-a-year episode, meaning that we probably need to do something about like this once a year, just because even for us, Ken, it's good to remind ourselves of some of these things, and, you know, we're not, you know, we're not doing all of this with the Great Commission, you know, as well as we'd like to either, so, uh, you know, it's... Um, you know, we're learning as well. And so anyway, uh, for those of you listening, let, let me give you a little bit of a heads up on what, we'll, what we're going to be doing. We're going to have a kind of a two-part, at least two-part. It might actually bleed into more than two episodes, but, you know, it's um, a topic that is at least big enough for, you know, several episodes maybe. Right. Uh, the idea being that, you know, we're uh, interested in sort of examining, first of all, the, you know, the again, this question of, is the Great Commission a command for all Christians? And and then we're going to kind of bring in some uh, quotes from these missionary greats and then kind of look at that and then go to the next episode, which is kind of then the, okay, to fulfill those, uh, to fulfill that command, what does that look like? And give you all some resources. So I'd highly encourage you, if you're listening to this episode, you know, stay tuned for further episodes as well. And can you were just saying, you know, this this idea of repeating the the question, is the Great Commission a command for all Christians? And the response to that, you know, I've been kind of worried that we're gonna, you know, bore people with, you know, <laughs> having the same thing over and over. But sometimes we need to hear some of these things more than once, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. And I do think that even hearing the same question more than once doesn't mean you always uh, get stuck on the same result, right, or discussion about it. So yes. um, the question is appropriate always, and then, you know, where do you go with that? I think that's what we want to tackle a little bit is always, you know, well, where do you go with that? You've been challenged, you hear that calling, uh, or you at least are tempted to jump in the discussion and talk about that, uh, 
you know, that can change every time you hear the question from day to day. So I don't, I'm not worried about repeating it. I think it's a uh, appropriate and certainly as we've talked, we think it's a command. Yeah, that's (laughs) right. And and say we know it's a command. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So let's do this first. You know, I've always, when I talk, we talk about the, uh, the great commission and is it a command? You know, I always have to sort of begin with kind of the foundation, right? Which is, you know, we always want to define what a what walking with Jesus really means, and uh, we'll get to this then towards the end. Which is, you know, if you're not, if you don't feel like Great Commission is something that God's put on your heart, we look at kind of what, you know, what it means to walk with Jesus. But certainly, someone who places themselves under the rule of God and lives their lives in submission to the lordship of Jesus is who we're talking about, you know, the the Christian life being one that, you know, we're becoming more and more like Jesus. And for those people who have that sincere heart to 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 become more and more like Jesus, you want to have an even deeper walk with the Lord. You know, we 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 want to encourage you to consider whether or not the Great Commission is a command for you, even if you've not felt like that is something that God has, you know, maybe put on your heart, which, uh, Ken, we were talking about that too. You know, sometimes people just don't, people, even earnest people who want to walk with the Lord, maybe if your church is not preaching about the Great Commission very much, I mean, it's just easy to, just to kind of let that slide. Sure. That, yeah. Sure, I think that it gets uh, forgotten about, mm-hmm. uh, frankly, and uh, and all too often uh, we don't talk about what that is, and, I, and people maybe get scared of what what they think that the Great Commission looks like. I think that often people uh, are concerned that the Great Commission to them is I've got to sell everything I have and go somewhere else and share Christ. That's right. By you know being in a uh, situation where I don't have, I don't have control. I don't have uh, food. I'm uh, not just submitting to the Lord, but I'm submitting to the the, the depravity that I'm going to be, you know, living in. Um, and I and all those things are false. Can you go that extreme? Of course. Uh, and and maybe you'll be called to. Um, and I think people are scared that what if I am called to that? Uh, well, then that's that's good. It's and it's a place where you have to obey the Lord's calling, um, but we're talking about simply sharing Jesus Christ, and that means so much in so many ways. Um, but it's the most important thing you can ever share with someone. Yeah, that's right. So. That's right, and and I think that's a good distinction to make. That it's not all. In fact, I would even say to add on to what you've said, it is maybe even more rare amongst the followers of Jesus, people who are who are called to go overseas, right? Not all of us are called to go, but we can we can preach, disciple, teach, witness, as we've said before, right in our own neighborhoods. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's not something that you have to do uh, overseas. And so for those of you that been, have been listening to the, to the podcast in the past, you know how we've defined the Great Commission. Uh, there are principally three or four verses that we use. Maybe the one that's the most popular is the Matthew 28 passage where Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all that I have commanded you. And so that's kind of our our basis. And so we've got two questions for this episode. One is, is is the Great Commission a command for all Christians? which we've talked about in some length, or actually as we do 
as we do interview episodes, which I think we're going to have a few more of those coming up, which I always enjoy. We're asking those who are being interviewed that very same question. So obviously that's an important question here at the Made for Missions podcast. And so we're going to try to answer it in a little different way in that how has this question been answered over the years? And Ken, you know, I've talked a lot about these missionary heroes that I've I've mentioned, and uh, certainly we can learn from them as they've searched the scriptures. Mm. And what we do is we come out and say, you know, we look and see what they've said. So, so let's start with um, we've got several of these quotes, and we can kind of kind of banter back and forth about them as we as we go through them. But so Robert Spear, which was he was a he was a, a church leader in. Uh, about the turn of the century, actually now the last century, from the 1800s to the early 1900s. And uh, here's what he said. There's nothing in the world or the church except the church's disobedience to render the evangelization of the world in this generation in, in impossibility. So, Ken, in that uh, quote, what, do you, what stands out to you? Well, um, I think if the the middle of the quote, the accept the church's disobedience, uh, probably stands out the most. Uh, you know, I, I think there's maybe we you know we could spend a lot of time on that. Probably just that, you know, when he mentions to render the evangelization of the world in this generation an impossibility. So I think he alludes to us deciding that it's not going to be possible to us making up the decision that, well, why go to my neighbor or overseas, whatever it may be um, to share, because it's not going to matter anyways. Oh, right. Um, And that is purely disobedient, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The, we have to, I think we have to get a little bit more comfortable. And I don't think we have to get a little bit more comfortable with understanding that God is doing the work. That's right. He's just using us, uh, to, to, as workers. And it's maybe, I think a lot of times people try and complicate the picture. The picture is very simple. God has a task. He's given it to us. We go out and do it. At the end of the day, we come back uh, and report. You know, I mean, <laughs> that's it's, right. It's and it's not where you clock in and clock out every day, but but put it in your head that it is. I, I have a task to do. I've got a job, uh, and that's God gives us opportunities. Um, which if, you know, my family and I pray for opportunities to share Christ. Mm. Um, we always that's pray right. that God would use us in extraordinary ways and ways that we could never imagine in order to share Christ with someone else. That's right. Um, and I think that he does that daily and he gives us opportunities. Uh, and as a worker, we're out there, you know, planting. That's <laughs> and, right. And then at the end of the day, let God do what he's doing. That's right. Uh, and quit worrying about it so much. You wouldn't go to your office and your boss says, hey, I need you to go move all those boxes of copy paper from floor one to floor two. Uh, and there's 5,000 of them. It's going to take you all day. And then tomorrow I'll give you a different task. You wouldn't say, you know, there's no point in that. I really don't feel like doing that today because it's just, it's worthless. You know I mean? We're going to use the copy paper anyways. Let's just leave it on this floor near the copy machine and, uh, and not, oh, move right. it. who cares? Yeah, there's a reason why he gave yeah. you that. He yeah. gave you the task and he expects you to do it and you're obligated to it. Yeah, that's right. I like that. And you know, you, you so you're right. I'll just piggyback on what you said. Uh, you're right in that, uh, this whole business of the church's disobedience is a, in fact, I wrote on my little sheet here, my notes, that is an episode or two probably that we could sort of <laughs> investigate. And uh, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to do that in the blog portion of the, the Made for Missions effort. And so I do think that there's, yeah, there's a whole episode, but there's, 
certainly I wonder why so many pastors, or should I say how few pastors, talk much about the Great Commission when, I mean, it's a command that Jesus gave to, gave us to follow. Yeah. You know, so the other part of this quote that I like is that if ev- certainly if every Christian saw it as, as you said, hey, God has given us a job, we go do the job, certainly the evangelization of the world in this generation or certainly in a generation or two would be possible. Yeah. Right. I, agree. I would, I would certainly think so. I think there's two in, I know, uh, maybe some of my pastor friends, maybe some of my just church going friends might not see it the same way, but I just think there's two things in addition to all that. I mean, we have great teaching in churches and there's, I mean, there's plenty that probably don't have great teaching, but, um, I know you and I are blessed to have great teaching in our yes, churches. And, definitely. You know, the thing I wish that every church would do is invite people to, to know Christ, to accept him as their savior. And then tell people to go share that with somebody else mm-hmm. every single time. That's right. Because I don't think there's anything. You mean more every important. Sunday? Every 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 single time. That's right. <laughs> right. Um, and I and I think there's some pastors uh, that do that, but I think it's rare. And I even heard uh, a church goer that I know well, a friend, who had said about one church, you know, uh, you know, they they're always talking about salvation. I, I don't need to know that now. Well, okay. <laughs> Somebody else does, and it's the most important thing they can know. So it needs to be said. I mean, I, I really do feel strongly about uh, inviting people to know Jesus Christ uh, as the main mission of the church. Oh, right. And then the church as a whole, which includes us, uh, doing the same to people we meet. That's right. That's great. Well, that's a good segue to our next quote, which is from. A man by the name of James S. Stewart, which actually, when I was looking it up, it's funny. The S is also for Stewart, uh, just spelled differently. So, and he was actually, believe it or not, a, a, a an Episcopal church leader in England again about the turn of the century into the early 1900s. And this is kind of a longer quote, but I, I really like this one. So he says uh, about we're having these people from the early 1900s a- answer the question that we're still trying to answer today. And his um, his take is, the concern for world event- evangelization is not something tacked on to a man's personal Christianity, which he may take or leave as he chooses. It is rooted in the character of the God who has come to us in, in Christ Jesus. Thus, it can never be the province of a few enthusiasts a sideline or a specialty of those who happen to have a bent that way. It is the distinctive mark of being a Christian. And I just I just love that quote because, again, it kind of goes to what we've been saying, that if you follow Jesus, this really should be something that should be on your heart and something that you're doing. So uh, what else in that quote stands out to you? Anything in particular? Well, I just, I think it does. Uh, I, I think kind of what I said uh, leading into that, uh, and as you called it a segue, I I, I think um, it's, it, again, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I can say it a different way. The most important thing is sharing Christ. You know, the, the, the most important thing is that we're lost. God wants his people not lost. So he gave us mm-hmm. his son. Um, you know, above anything else, 
in the Bible, in my eyes. Now, I'm no biblical scholar, obviously. I'm an idiot, you know. Oh. <laughs> um, I walk around this life as an idiot most of the time. Um, I'm very blessed to be around a lot of people who aren't so much idiots. Oh. <laughs> um, but I do see that mm -hmm. in my eyes, the most important thing God laid out for us was that I gave you my son for a reason. And that's because I want you with me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you take away everything else for a minute and just go tell people that I want them with me too. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's great. And I just uh, highlighted this last sentence. It is the distinctive mark of being a Christian. And uh, I'm trying to remember the quote now, but uh, there's another one of these quotes that says, if you, you know, as you get closer to Jesus, uh, the more missionary you become. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, as we've said, it sure seems like, you know, if you know what Jesus did in your own life, it would be, again, a distinctive mark of being a Christian to say, I, I want you to know that too. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just seems like if that transformation took place, and actually I don't have really one of these really cool testimonies. Um, I mean, mine's, mine's fine. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's good. I mean, I was lost and now I'm not, right? right. But it wasn't drugs or I didn't come out of any kind of crazy thing. Um, you know, we always kind of get amazed at those. And it is cool to really see how God does that. And even with, with mine, I go, yeah. I was so lost yeah. and you know, I mean, it's just kind of a natural thing to say neighbor or person I work with, you, you need to experience this. Right. I mean, Jesus came for you. Right. Yeah. And so it seems like, yeah, it should be the distinctive mark of a Christian to not even to, again, to go overseas, but just to reach out to people around you and, and say, Hey, I want to tell you about this thing that happened to me. Yeah. And you know, that's, uh, interesting because we've had this discussion a little bit in the past as well. So I do have the, and, and, uh, no, I do have, oh, I, mean, I, I don't well, know. Your just testimony is different I, than my mine. Testimony right? is different. Yeah. And, um, and I, I had a past that was a terrible, terrible past from family issues to my own personal struggles with, uh, drugs and things like that. I mean, I, I've, I've been through all that side, but you know, you are the perfect person to talk to someone who says, my life's fine. I've got everything going great. Yeah, right. I mean, I grew up in a great family. I grew mm -hmm. up, uh, everything was fine. And that person doesn't know Christ. So they're still equally lost. That's right. You know, um, and I in an say, internal sense, the, yeah. Yeah, that's the consequence right. is the same, right? Yeah, yeah. And you can you can be a great uh, witness to that person as you can be to anybody. But then God's put me in a special place to people who have been in the same kind of background that I've been in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I can say, hey, I, I feel that. I mean, I, I'm with you. I get it. I know exactly what you're going through. I And I really do. I know exactly how you feel about that. Um, I've been there myself. So it's a great place that God can use us, you know, to to minister to different types of people um, based on our own testimonies. Because um, I've heard that before where people might say, you know, well, I don't have anything elaborate. You know, I don't have any great testimony. No one, oh, right. wants, no one wants to hear my story. There's nothing yeah, special yeah. about me yeah. or whatever. But there's yeah. something tremendously special about right. you and the listener who would hear uh, and think that, well, I didn't really have anything going on in my life. And That's just, right. You know, well, wonderful. There, You know, you certainly were lost. We all, uh, I used to say, 
on a previous show that I did it, that we all come to the cross the same way, broken and lost. That's right. And we have to come there that way. Mm. Um, otherwise, we don't recognize the need for Jesus. So That's right. Well, maybe that's a good point for us to, to take our break. We've got our friend Tom Muller who has a little message for us. Let's, let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back with you all here in just a minute. Hi, I'm Tom Muller. There may be many of you who are confused about China and the most effective ways of Christian engagement. Mike Falkenstein has written this book for you. There is much confusion and many questions persist about China. Does persecution exist? Can Christians in China worship freely? Is it still necessary to smuggle Bibles? Being outside of China, how can I most effectively pray for and engage in God's work in China? Are China's unregistered churches able to worship freely? Many people are confused by these questions and issues. China is like a huge puzzle with many pieces and moving parts. It's hard to identify all that's happening today in China. In his book, The Chinese Puzzle, Mike gives you the other pieces for a much clearer picture of China and her church. To get your copy today, contact Mike at Mike at ChinaResourceCenter.org for pricing and shipping options. Contact Mike today. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for uh, hanging in there with us uh, during the break. I think, Ken, we've had a, a great conversation so far, and I've got, I've got two other quotes that I want to cover quickly, and then we'll get to question two. Uh, you know, we were talking about these... Um, kind of these missionary greats, you know, answering this question of, is the Great Commission a command for all Christians? And actually, I have one that goes all the way back to the kind of the early 1700s. There was a man by the name of J. Stuart Holden, and kind of his claim to fame was that he was a one of these very first people, at least in the English language, that, that began to v- develop these hymns. And he was really more of a songwriter and kind of a, a church leader through music. And you can tell kind of in the, in the language of this quote, kind of where it comes from. In, a, in, in Matthew 28, in the King James, you know, in, in our modern versions, generally we have it saying, um, go and make disciples of all nations. In the King James, it actually says, go ye to all the nations. And his quote is, go ye is as much a part of Christ's gospel as come to me. You are not even a Christian until you have honestly faced your responsibility in regard to carrying of the gospel to the ends of the earth. And I guess my my question for you, Ken, is I mean that's pretty that's pretty straightforward, mm-hmm. right? Do you think it's too straightforward? Uh, what do you think about that quote? Well, I, it's interesting. It's a challenging quote. I think. Um, I probably think that anybody listening would would immediately get hung up in the you're not even a Christian part. And, and I think yes. that it's probably a little bit of us trying to interpret the way we want to interpret what he's trying to say. Yes. Um, I, you know, I, I think he's saying that once you've given your life to Christ and been saved, you're, you begin a transformation. And the outpouring of compassion and love that automatically happens in your life will result in you sharing Christ. Yes. Be it even in the uh, simple acts of kindness that you might initially 
uh, do. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, my heart's changed towards this person, so I'm going to do something nice for them. And eventually that leads to you sharing Christ with them. But the way that the way that we behave is different immediately. And in turn, we begin sharing Christ through our actions and in, then into uh, our testimony and, and sharing what he did for us, why we're different. Uh, now, I say that knowing that a lot of people would say like, well, I, you know, I share Christ by, you know, the way I act in the office oh, right. um, or the way I I'm behave towards to other others people. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. People know by my actions that I'm a Christian. Well, I, I would disagree with that. And I think that's the challenge in that is that if you're not responding to your transformation by knowing Christ as your savior, then you might need some self-examination. Mm. Um, if you're not loving your neighbor, and wanting to share Christ with them so they know why you're so different now because you want that for them. I think there's a genuine thing inside where you actually want other people to know Christ. And if you're not experiencing that, then that's time for examination. Oh, right. That's right. That's good. Yeah, and I would say the same thing, that I would not want people to get completely hung up in this whole business of, uh, you're not even a Christian if you have an honestly faced responsibility. In that, we're not talking about a salvation issue, right? Yeah. Um, we know through the scriptures that, uh, you know, really the requirements for this salvation that Jesus offers, you know, we have to receive Jesus as Lord and believe in his name. And so we're, we're not necessarily talking about that, but certainly I would say, Maybe I would just add a, a a qualifier, which is you are not even an obedient Christian if you've not honestly faced your responsibility, yeah. you know, um, because the the issue here in some ways is obedience, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, how how are we responding to what Jesus is asking us to do? And it goes to kind of the final quote that I have here, which is from a man by the name of A.B. Simpson. And actually, he's he's more kind of 1930s, 1940s time period preacher and pastor who then became an author. And he said, the Christian is not obedient unless he is doing all in his power to send the gospel to the heathen world. And so maybe that's a good kind of follow-up to that in that maybe the issue is in more ways a you know an obedience issue than it is in a salvation issue or a eternal issue at all uh, which i always want to be careful about that so um, that kind of leads us to our second question that we want to sort of pose for this episode which is so if the if the great commission is really something that he calls us all to do and if that's the truth, which we both believe that it is, uh, why are so many of us, and we include ourselves, not not yes. doing this perfectly, Right? <laughs> why are we not doing it very well? And again, I've already written there that that's probably a, you know, a full episode uh, that we could, that we could sort of examine that. But I'm wondering if you have some kind of quick thoughts about kind of why, maybe why is that not talked about? Why are we not doing it well? Again, there may be a bunch we could talk about with that, but what are your uh, what are your thoughts? Well, my initial thoughts are, and, and this actually even goes back because that, what we talked about a moment ago is very challenging. And then to bring that into this question of why are so many of us not doing it very well is probably because we're afraid. I think that we're and and again, there are times 
um, when that fear kind of wells up in me and it's a weird, uh, it is experience weird experience of, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a natural, uh, feeling of being afraid to be rejected, being afraid to not win. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a football coach. I'm a, I, I, I'm a competitive guy in everything that I do mm-hmm. for me to feel like I'm failing at something is that that's a dramatic issue for me. Uh, oh, right. I, I feel like, you know, I want to succeed in everything that I do, whether it be business, uh, relationships, uh, certainly sports, just going to the gym. I joke that I was, you know, I'm just back in the gym. I'm so out of shape. It's, it's painful and I'm losing in the gym. Oh. Right? I'm, not, I'm not winning. <laughs> It'll um, take and you I'm, some time. Yeah. And, and I'm afraid of what that feels like. And, and there's a self-conscious thing that happens there. Well, in sharing Christ, you know, we recognize that that we do have a strange uh, feeling at times that prevents us from sharing the gospel or going all the way to share the gospel. Uh, and I think that uh, as we're trying to encourage people in this episode to go back to that challenging point that we made a moment ago yes. and bring it into this, um, it's okay. <laughs> it's all right that there's right. fear, but, but we are being challenged by God mm-hmm. to you know, to trust that he's conquered that fear already. He goes before us. He, he prepares the way for us, uh, even in our communication, uh, with other people. And you'll find that once you can break down that barrier of fear that we have, you'll find it's, it's very simple to share his love. That's right. And Um, it becomes easier and easier the more you do it. Right. Because and like we talked about earlier too, it's his work. That's it's right. His work. We're the workers. That's it's right. His work. Trust him for the work. That's right. Yeah. I think that's really good. So I think uh, in addition to that, you know, I just wrote a, I just wrote a blog post, and it's something along the lines of pastors who don't have a heart for the Great Commission, and so there's a lot I could say about this, but generally I would say that again, it's there are no pastors who would who would probably generally say that the Great Commission is not a, an important thing. I think, though, that part of the way that I'm answering this question is saying a lot of it starts in our churches. I mean, we're not—we're just not hearing about the Great Commission. Uh, we're not getting encouragement in our churches to to fulfill the Great Commission. In addition, we're not—we're um, not getting training that we need mm-hmm. because it is true that sharing the gospel with others is a lot easier if you have some tools to be able to use. Now, some of those tools are easy. Uh, you know, just sharing your story, all it does, all it takes is just some practice. But certainly I think part of it goes back to, you know, pastors who don't really have a heart, you know, the, you know, the way that they're running their churches, the commitments that, or, or the lack thereof that they've made. So, uh, so Ken, if, if it'd be okay, I guess I, I just want to end this episode in a encouragement for those who might be listening, obviously, you know, we're trying to sort of hammer home the point that if from from the beginning of, you know, the missionary movements until today, people who who have who have examined the scriptures believe that the Great Commission is a command for all Christians. And I would just speak personally to those people listening who might think, I just don't I mean, I get it. I totally get what you're saying, but I just don't have a, I just, I don't know where to begin. I don't have a heart for it. I would just go back to something that you said, Ken, which is part of what I would call the six steps to Great Commission fulfillment. And really step one that I often talk about is 
what I would just call self-examination, and and you, you've you've mentioned this, but I think in modern Christianity it is possible for someone to be a churchgoer, to be to have an earnest heart for the Lord, and had just have never really surrendered their lives to Jesus uh, fully. And so I would just encourage people to just go back and just examine, you know, what happened when you first became a Christian. Are there parts of your lives that are still unsurrendered or not surrendered to the Lord? We even hear from the Apostle Paul. I mean, this this process of a of having a self-examination is a, you know, it's a biblical principle. You know, Paul in 2 Corinthians 13 says, examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that, that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless indeed you fail to meet the test. And then he says even about himself, I hope that you will find that we have not failed the test. And so maybe... You know, it's just time for you to to do this self-examination, to test yourselves, to see whether you're really in the faith. And if you find that you're not, it's okay. And it's that happens to, you know, all of us fail at this thing and, and we got to pick up and, and, and re-examine our own walks. And so again, we're not talking about losing salvation. Uh, this is a look at your relationship and the commitments you've made to Jesus. And so, Ken, last last thoughts from you? Uh, well, just encouraging thoughts. I think that uh, kind of what you just said, maybe maybe let me encourage by saying this. I'm in the process of self-examination always. Mm. Um, yeah, I too. find myself falling short always. <laughs> Even in the best of days uh, where I go, wow, that was a great day. God was doing some awesome stuff. Uh, with my life, uh, with maybe with my family's life, opportunities that he gave us, uh, reminders that he gave us that, hey, look, look how I'm working. Uh, you know, so it's not all for naught. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I still, even in those times, find myself in doubt on occasion of whether or not I'm really uh, doing what what I'm called to do, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and so th- I think those things happen to all of us. And I would encourage you that th- the self-examination part is good and it's healthy. Yes. Um, and we were, we were joking about the culture of self-help before we even started this episode. Yes. Um, uh, not just joking, but even discussing the, this culture of self-help and, uh, you know, we're, we're in a place, uh, where people are trying hard to discover things about themselves for themselves, but then they go into a self-reliance mode um, and they don't trust the Lord. That's because we're built to self-examine that blueprint God gave us. And you and I talked about we're, we're we're supposed to check ourselves out every now and then uh, to figure out where we're at. And then we're supposed to listen to God speaking to us in those times. Uh, And he moves us in those ways. And that happens to us having been Christian for some time. Uh, That's right. You know, so if you're, especially if you're a new believer, um, you find yourself trying to put yourself in check. That's okay. Just make sure that you're listening. That's part of obedience as well. That's right. Listening to God. And then if you're someone who's been a believer, a follower of Christ for many, many years, you'll find that your self-examination works the exact same way. Yeah, that's Uh, right. Check it out and then listen. That's great. So thanks, Ken. So in the next, uh, let me give folks a kind of a quick look at our next episode. We'll um, kind of tack on to this and say, okay, we know what John 14, 15 says, which is Jesus says, if you love me, you will follow my commands. (laughs) Well, let's give you guys some 
practical tools on how to be able to, some resources to be able to uh, to actually do that. So we'll kind of cover the full spectrum from, you know, the easy things, which would just be maybe take a an evangelism class and learn how that works, to the hard things, which is, you know, there's a full course called the Perspectives course, for example, which is 13 weeks and it has homework, but you really learn about all that God's doing around the world and how you can be involved. And then even harder in examining if you feel God's calling you to go overseas and what does that look like and, you know, missionary sending agencies and, you know, there's just, it can be all very confusing. So, uh, so please tune, tune in next week for our episode. Uh, thanks, uh, Ken, for, for the, uh, the great time together with you and uh, look forward to joining you all next week here on the Made for Missions podcast.